I remember, I forget my teacher's name, but it was a poetry class that I had. And we would analyze poetry. We'd write our own poetry also. It was just so enriching for me. And I remember him sitting on his desk, looking at my stuff, reading my poetry back to me and going, hey, man, you know, you're, you're really good at this. You're only in, in seventh grade. And like, what do you want to do after high school? What are you thinking? He was pretty stoked about it. I told him kind of this parrot thing that I learned when I was a kid, which was, I'm going to go to the Naval Academy. I'm going to be a naval officer. My dad was like a, a military dude. Um, my, my dad's brothers, they were all kind of Navy men, Army folks. And then my dad's dad, my grandfather, was a big war hero in the Philippines. So they all expected big military things from me too. And there was just this little pause because it came so, it came so quickly from me. You know, it was like a recording. I remember him going, nobody had asked me this before. Is that what you want to do, man? And so he said, you know, just think about it. You're really good at this. You got something here, man. You got something here. This is What Are You Going To Do With That? a podcast where we explore everyday folks' decisions to study the humanities as undergraduates and their pathways to fulfilling careers. I'm Scott Muir of the National Humanities Alliance, an organization dedicated to promoting the value of the humanities on campuses and in communities. In this episode, we meet Walter Cabal, a philosophy major and graduate of UC Riverside. Walter's story illustrates the power of the humanities for making a fulfilling life by connecting things that might seem unconnected to others. In this case, design, craft, and writing. Walter built his own craft leather goods business while producing furniture and apparel for other brands. At the same time, he continued to develop the writing skills honed in college as a freelance writer, publishing a variety of pieces on design and other issues of interest. Today, he works as a university communications editor to convey the value of higher education while continuing to pursue a parallel path through his business, Cabal Crafted. Walter's story is a prime example of how, in the 21st century, a career need not be defined by a single job or field. Rather, it can integrate several passions. Walter credits his philosophical education with providing him with the skills, courage, and confidence to persevere through challenges and build a meaning-rich life that is all his own. Let's return to his story now. So I was born in Quezon City, Philippines. For the Filipinos out there. But I came here pretty early. I grew up in the high desert. That's in here in California on your way to Las Vegas. So it's pretty barren out there. So if you can imagine me as a, a little Filipino-Japanese kid among a bunch of dirt and cacti. And there's quite a quite a bit of kind of emotional barrenness there too, I think, especially for me. My household is like straight up Filipino and like the community is all white. It seemed pretty ripe with existential dissonance, belonging dissonance, language dissonance, worldview dissonance. My parents, they would just drive me into the ground to do well in, in school. I always felt dumb. I suck at math, dude. Or actually, I don't suck at math, but I am not some hyper exceptional 
like math person. I'm pretty average, you know. Nobody told me that there were different intelligences. It, it was only later on that some teachers were like, dude, you're actually really good at communicating feelings. Emotional intelligence is another form of intelligence. Or a lot of my teachers actually um, had commented a lot on my ability to synthesize ideas, my ability to communicate things through words, especially via poetry and writing. And that was a big encouragement because I felt pretty trapped in the desert and in that kind of military e way of, of thinking, you know? And, and then all the childhood trauma stuff that comes with uh, being in a super strange place. It was nuts, dude. I don't know how I did those high school years uh, with a, you know, very turbulent family life. But, and then so I just am here kind of trying to figure things out <laughs> and that's i mean that's very fertile soil for trying to move towards humanity type understandings of the world there was a lot of times where i just felt how can i manage any of this stuff it was really difficult sometimes for me to like keep wanting to go to school but somehow i would still meet these deadlines i'd still get those a's you know and i would attribute it to somehow developing a robust sense of interpretation or meaning making in the world. In high school, the humanities were really expressed for me via ideas and way of living. People like to make these distinctions practical versus like these kind of idealistic ways of doing things. If we take the word practical Seriously, the things that are most practical have to do with our practice of daily living. The doorway to, to university was really strange for me. The way that one gets into the Naval Academy is to come in contact with a senator, to get a, uh, a recommendation, and... Uh, perhaps to do some paperwork and there's a certain cutoff date and I waited till the day of to tell my dad I wasn't gonna do that yeah it was pretty it was pretty punk rock there was a big rift there that I think my dad felt was intentional it was a intentional defiance uh, which is a pretty American value but it's not a very Filipino one and what's interesting was I was always towing the line between the two things. So I applied for college. I got into UC Riverside. I decided that I would do creative writing because I was just so interested in that for such a long time. And I realized that I, I was really well prepared for creative writing from my high school teachers. I, I found myself actually continuing to read works of philosophy or theologically kind of weighty books. And a lot of that stuff made me realize that I was really good at this feelings thing, but I was not very good at um, solid reasoning or creating a worldview for myself. I didn't know how to do that. And I think I wanted to do that. And so I switched over to a philosophy degree. Thus came the question, the, the big questions uh, again, from my parents, because they were like, okay, we could see what you could do with writing, but what, is, what does one do with philosophy? I started to ask my 
my own self. <laughs> what am I going to do with this? Um, <laughs> uh, and at that time, it, it really didn't matter because I think my whole drive was trying to understand what it means to live, what it means to be a person. Well, that is one of the essential questions that people who study philosophy ask. What does it mean to be a human? That's the main project. And I was just so driven by this of philosophy. You learn that there is a way a thing appears to be and there is a way a thing is. And so trying to discern whether those things align, how much they align, how much they might be in contrast is something that I really wanted to learn the skill set for because I didn't have it on my own. What college provides though, it provides a formal structure and uh, it provides a community of people to interact with, to go, oh, other people can talk about this stuff and like go out with your friends and study this meta stuff and integrate that. There's a community and a social aspect. And so as I learn how uh, Aristotle thinks about virtue, or as I learn how Kierkegaard tries to understand the nature of decision-making, that can move into my relationships also. It can move into the way that I treat my neighbor or my friends here that I see down the alleyway, thinking about how we relate to the world and to other people is essential to our way of daily practice, you know? And so in that sense, philosophy may be one of the things that's in the category of most practical. One is able to zoom in and zoom out and zoom in and zoom out. And that flexibility when interacting with life, I think is very adaptive because it helps somebody relate to different circumstances differently. In this sense, I have more tools. And what a foundational philosophy study allows one to do is learn these things and then apply them to any kind of endeavor. Philosophy at its very, very core helps one to learn how to learn. And that can apply itself very, very you know, atomically, like in uh, later on, I, I started to work in the landscape of design and I got really, really good at kind of chopping the meat off of extraneous questions from design problems. While I was doing, you know, writing essays and, and studying philosophy and getting my degree, I was also writing songs and and playing music kind of by night and did that for around seven years at some point i put out a, a full-length album which i was working at the university library um i got a salary job there you know and i would go to sleep really late wake up early go to work and then play a show and then i was getting pretty burned out and a symbol of that could be you know i had this this belt from i don't know where like target or something like that and just like the seams were given out, you know, and I felt something pretty similar. One of my favorite bands, uh, it was Thrice. Their their guitarist had done leather work also. And so I was like, oh, that, that sounds really cool. I think I wanted to, you know, take some time off of music, uh, make a belt. And I also wanted to make footwear. I wanted to make a pair of sandals. So I went into the local uh, Tandy leather shop. And I remember talking to the guy there and saying, I don't know anything about leather. Uh, you know, can you give me some pointers? I'm trying to make a belt. I'm trying to make these sandals. And then, so I hopped on to, to leather work. It was a 
passion project I started called Cabal Crafted. I needed something that grounded me, something that helps me to slow down, to observe again the physical world and to participate in it. And the way that I did that was through hand stitching. And I found that, you know, a lot of these ancient philosophers aren't people who just sit around and think about stuff. They're tilling the soil, they're gardening, they're working with their hands. They live the things that they found insight in and they applied them directly. And while I was doing um, des design cabal craft, because I had worked in, I had worked in interior design also with a small firm, uh, Shialis Spatial Design. I had worked for uh, Stephen Ken in Los Angeles. And Stephen Ken was furniture. I helped to produce furniture and their designs. That's what led me to a more design centered approach with Cabal Crafted. Um, I would say I learned how to design from poetry and philosophy. You know, designers are interested in solving problems that are that get in the way of uh, a flourishing or a thriving human life. In the same way, philosophy and, and poetry do those same things. You're able to solve these same these same kinds of problems that get in the way of human flourishing, but the expression is physical. And so people can understand it immediately. It's been this project where I learn a lot from it, but it also has been a way for people to get a different lens at how to relate with the world. And one of the primary ways that we relate to objects is by throwing them away. They are designed for a certain amount of time and we toss them. For me, as somebody who had studied philosophy, who had studied how habits, one's worldview can seep into the culture or society, it's not a stretch for me why we throw people away, why we throw relationships away, that I'm interested in making a lasting ripple in antithesis to that. We value newness a lot, this kind of plastic kind of thing. In so many cultures, there's such a reverence for aging it's a natural process. Well, leather does that, you know, and I use leather because it reflects that. I, I've just seen some clients who have had their, their pieces for nearly seven years. They haven't bought a new belt or they haven't bought a new wallet. This belt is so meaningful to me. It's with me in all my regular daily endeavors. There's so many stories to this. I'm interested in people slowing down for other people slowing down to pay attention to the value of ordinary things. At the same time that Walter was gaining design experience and building Cabal Crafted, he was working as a freelance writer, contributing pieces on a broad range of issues of importance to him. Little did he know, he was building a resume for a career in communication. Here's Walter on how this parallel path opened up for him. You know, it started with writing for uh, independent publications. I had started to, for Maker's Movement, I wrote about um, different stories of, of people through the lens of craft and design. And that's where philosophy, where writing, uh, communication, and any of my editorial work and the use of words and design all intersect. The thing, though, is that Designers are not taught how to communicate necessarily with words. I mean, objects, they're wordless, you know, so they're really good at that. But what ends up happening is people who, who aren't desi design aficionados aren't able to interpret 
that and how it benefits their life. I find myself very frequently in that liminal space as a kind of translating intermediary between the artist or the brand or the designer distilling their ideas down to something that's relatable to folks. Like when I interview somebody, translating translating their life or synthesizing a bunch of these different parts together, I think is really helpful for people because um, it's, it's shown that uh, narrative is very, very essential to not only changing and improving our lives, but contributing to the quality of our lives too. And what was really interesting was I didn't really think that all those different assignments with Maker's Movement, with Ecstasis, with Nations that would make a resume. I just kind of did those, you know, I didn't realize that that might be an outcome of doing something that I loved. The COVID-19 pandemic was a particularly stark example of how 21st century workers need to be prepared to navigate a rapidly changing job market. Here's Walter on how his philosophy background prepared him to adapt personally and professionally when the pandemic upended his life. Especially after COVID, Cabal Crafted stopped being my, my main source of income. I got laid off from my, from my job in, in L.A., I was working for this men's uh, fashion apparel brand, and I'm so grateful for spending years being in a formal, a formal mode of study for how to be, because it really helped me through, man. My friends are existentially drowning. They're drowning around me, you know. I had the tools. It was really, really helpful to be able to find art, scripture, poetry, songs, people, but the training, the study, and the application of what I learned studying the humanities, specifically philosophy, really helped me in these really difficult times, not only make it through, but retain myself. Adaptability in existence, in vocation, in sense of meaning. Uh, the university I work at now gave me a call like, six or seven months later and was like, hey, we'd like to interview you. We've seen you written for Christianity Today. You've written for these other publications. Basically, the marketing team in the editorial portion. So by the time I applied, well, I wasn't just a writer. I was also involved in different brands. I was also involved in understanding the back end of production. For Cabal Crafted, I had done I had done filming. I had, I had written voiceovers for film. Cabal Crafted allowed me to do a, a, a short podcast stint, writing for Ecstasis and all that. They all helped me to meet deadlines, meet word counts, uh, rearrange things in a, in a followable narrative, you know, and all these things that seem disconnected from each other, they all congealed and they solidified into a resume that, got me one of my highest paying jobs, uh, a very stable way of living. I love working as an editor. <laughs> it's really cool to get stuff submitted to you, you know, and then also to, to write things along the way with a focused message and a whole brand behind it. 
because there's something there's something about contributing to to this kind of larger community of of creative people you know going to an office with people who are uh friends of mine also engaging in creative uh marketing endeavors and branding things and spitballing ideas and it can it can also relieve me from having to run the show over everything all the time, you know, being the guy who calls all the shots. And that frees up some of my space to go back to Kapal Crafted and to really be passionate about a slower, more attentive way of living, you know? These kinds of things together, I think, can work in harmony. You can have a regular job and still do your passion. I still play music. I just play it for my friends, you know? Um, I still do Cabal Crafted, though, like, I don't plan on making it my main source of income, and I'm still stoked on those kinds of things. You know, it's difficult to keep a thing pure, and that's actually one of the ways that you can do it, in having, a, like, a regular steady job and use that as, as a passion and as fuel for going to your creative endeavor, you know? I feel like I'm always going to be making stuff. I'm always going to be writing. <laughs> Walter, what advice would you offer to current students who are trying to figure out what to study in college? You know, there are some things that kind of impel you, that that make you want to pursue a field of study or a certain passion. For all the different voices that are pulling at you, and the good question is, what's what's the most life giving here in this in this season in this in this particular circumstance? And what is flourishing, you're going to have to find that out for yourself. You know, their flourishing is different for other folks. What do, what kind of person do you want to be? Um, and what, what kind of life does pursuing this or that direction yield? I think my parents, they were like, let's move to another country and like figure this thing out with our kid. That's quite a drive, you know. I'm also imbued with that same drive and that I can use it adaptively. Like if I'm going to honor my parents, uh, which is a huge value for Filipino people, it tends to be interpreted as is you do the same things that I've done. But I think perhaps honoring my parents can look another way. What you wanted me to do was to get at a higher rung of the ladder. I can honor you properly in the fullest sense that you want. If I can do something further to transcend that, 